just make it free flow and free form. Absolutely. Yeah. Hello, Montgomery County. This is Brandon Langer with the OPL Podcast, and we are so fortunate today to have Weston Kieschnick in our facility, working with teachers, showing them the ropes of Bold School, and just talking through some great usable strategies and how to improve instruction. The best part about Weston is he just brings passion and a likability to the room immediately. And we're just so thankful to have you. So thank you for joining us today, Wes. Brandon, thank you, man. That's kind of you. I appreciate it. No, no problem. I met you a year ago in Pequannock, New Jersey at a ed camp style at a high school. I had never heard of Bold School. I had never seen anything you were doing. And I was just genuinely impressed from, from just your keynote speech and then the sessions throughout the day. You won me over with your instructional coaching uh, session in the afternoon. And, and it really set the stage for a lot of the work I was doing in my previous position. So thank you for that. Yeah, I'm so glad. Thank you. I mean, geez, people are going to think I slipped you a 20 before this <laughs> podcast just to say all these nice things. It was a 50. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> but just to start off, as I said, you know, you're, you, you bring a likability to the room and you're a great storyteller. But my first question for you is something I've been thinking about as a teacher is, how do we know when it's time to tell the story and when is it time to listen to a story for our learner? And, and how, even for yourself, working with adult learners, how do you sort between those two? Oh, so that's such a good question. So uh, you know it's time to tell a story when you've got a story worth telling. And the message is so important and so urgent that you are just burning for people to hear it. That's a place I, I, I wish we would come to more often when it comes to our students. Just the sense that, like, man, I've got, I've got this story to tell you around uh, this, not just this piece of content, but this skill and this piece of learning that I want you to have and move forward with. And I have such a sense of urgency around it that I have to tell you, I have to tell you now, and I have to tell you in a way that's so passionate that you can't ignore the message. So I think that's when it's time to tell the story. The question of when it's time to listen is always. Uh, we, I, I, don't, I don't think we listen often enough. It's why whenever I start time with teachers, I am encouraging them to pop out onto Twitter, pop out onto Instagram, because there are educators out there just like us all around the country, all around the world, telling their story. And what I find is that so frequently, our stories are so similar. There's so much overlap. Kids are kids are kids. Yes, do they have subtle differences from region to region according to things like race and ethnicity and socioeconomics? Like, of course they do. But overwhelmingly, kids are kids, and our issues are profoundly similar. And I just, I wish we would do a lot more listening to one another as opposed to listening to uh, quote-unquote experts who maybe have not, uh, been in the classroom at all. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the best parts about your book. When we when we looked at Bold School as an instructional coaching team in my previous position, the first thing that jumped out to me was it's usable. Any teacher, regardless of how long or how short you've been doing this, I think can get something from Bold School. And I think they can walk into their room or into a staff meeting and better themselves with some of the strategies here. We were just uh, listening to you talk about reciprocal teaching What's another strategy that kind of pops out to you that you highlight in the book or, or that you, you like to tell and, and workshop with people? Yeah, so, so first of all, thank you. I wrote this book because I wanted to write the book that I need, which is to say, okay, 
I don't need more conversations that occur at that 30,000 foot overview. Like I need to bring it right down to the ground to the nitty gritty of what are we doing with kids and how can we be better for them every day using the tools at our disposal and the strategies that I may not be familiar with that we know that will move the needle for kids. So it, it was a completely selfish move. I wrote the book that I needed. Second, you talked about instructional strategies that I love, reciprocal teaching, obviously one of my favorites. It's one of those that can be used just anytime. Kids read anything, anywhere, any grade level, any content area. Uh, also a huge fan of problem-solving teaching, which I'm going to demonstrate after lunch. Problem-solving teaching has a really specific five-step process that I outline in the book. Too often, we give kids really challenging problems to solve and remove scaffolds in the name of productive struggle and problem-solving teaching. And giving kids really hard problems to solve uh, without giving them scaffolds or systems of support is not problem-solving teaching, it's just mean. And so the challenge for us then becomes like, how do we present real-world problems for kids in a way that also allows us to address priority content standards, which we are held accountable to, like it or not, uh, in a way that promotes rigorous and relevant learning and joyful, engaging, and and successful learning environments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, and problem solving also loops back in and you, you speak about this and we're doing a lot of work as an IU with visible learning. Yes. Uh, and and we have, we're have we working with Kristen Anderson this year. She's awesome. coming and doing multiple workshops with, with uh, teachers around specific focuses and problem solving being one of those. If you, what's interesting is people come through the IU and tell their stories, share their strategies they're doing so in other places, and I know that you have been traveling all over the country, uh, sharing your messages, sharing your strategies. But as you go on that path, and, and anyone that's traveled extensively knows that the road teaches you something. I'm curious, oh yeah, what have you learned from the road? You know, post bold school. Po- I wrote this book for me, yeah, and then I and then I wanted to share it, and then I wanted to you know share the story, tell the story. But what did what did the road teach you back on that path? Uh, the road has given me a constant reminder. You know, I talk about the fact that wisdom informs innovation. And one of my biggest frustrations is that we were sort of like throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And the fact of the matter is like, we've been doing great things with kids for a really long time. We need to make sure to keep doing those things. And I think if there's anything that the road has taught me, I am astounded by the number of incredible teachers in the little nooks and crannies of our country who are doing some of the most incredible things instructionally that you can possibly ima- imagine, and nobody knows that they're doing it. Not, I'm talking not even the teacher next door knows that they are doing it. Uh, you know, I remember being in a, in a district not too long ago uh, in the Central Valley in California. You're talking median household income in the Central Valley of California of around $20,000 a year. You're talking free and reduced lunch populations of greater than 99%. You are talking uh, English language learner populations greater than 99%. And in, uh, in one of these schools, you have the Fresno County Teacher of the Year. And this guy is one of the most incredible teachers, incredible teachers I've ever seen. And you've got people who have taught next door to him or down the hall for years who have no idea what he's doing. And that's that stuff just sort of baffles me. So it, it, it amazes me where you'll find teachers with such great proficiency and the fact that you have folks who work with them, not just in the same building, but in the same hallway, who have no idea how amazing they are. And I think it's it, it, it goes back to your initial question of, you know, telling your story and, you know, things that you're doing 
right here. Like, th- like this is powerful. Like the podcast is powerful. And too often as educators, we take a look at stuff like this and it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn. And we just, we have to move over that hump of, it's not about self-promotion. It's not about tuning your own horn. It's about offering up the learning that you have, not only to students, but to your colleagues so that we can all get better. And that's the reason that brought me to this organization. Yeah. Um, MCIU in the Office of Professional Learning in general, we are seeking to build a connectedness to teachers, administrators. This podcast is a part of it, but the work we're doing in general is 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 universal, and it's it's supposed to bridge. And Can that's I- any good service agency should be doing that. But as you mentioned, this can exist with your next door neighbor. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What's your bigger, biggest learning thus far in your work uh, with the MCIU? What what have you learned? Because here's the, the gift that you guys have. Uh, I've talked, you've had some amazing people, amazing people come through the doors of this building. And what an incredible gift for people to just be able to come to a central location and see that. What, what's been some of your most interesting learning that's come from that? Sorry to put you on the spot. No, that's but fine. So I've always been in a school district level. Right. Well, now I'm working at a level where you see 22, 23, you know, 250 non, plus non-pubs, you know. Yeah. So many different districts, so many different people. And the, I think the number one thing that stands out to me and answer that question is the amount of knowledge that exists in this one county yeah. The amount of knowledge that exists in our office and our staff, the work that is going on, to your point, it is genuinely astounding how diverse and extensive the work is. And it's different everywhere. Yeah. And so what has been the most you know, informed thing for me is that, man, am I glad I landed somewhere where the learning comes first because it's never going to stop. And I I learned that a few years ago, but I feel more than blessed that I have come to a place where it just lives. And I feel very fortunate to join the team that brought you here today, but is bringing all these other people and and even just the counties together. We have these tech councils and uh, curriculum councils within our organization where we just bring leaders, not all administrators, some are coordinators to one place and we, and we talk about practice and we talk about improving and sharing and, and making sure that, that people don't end up siloed in their, in, their, in their school and no one knows what they're doing if it's really that good. And I think that's so important because so often we can get so bogged down with the things that we don't have any control over, any influence over. And the fact of the matter is we need to do exactly what you're talking about. We need to get together with our colleagues and we need to, we need to talk about kids and we need to talk about instruction and we need to put the learning first, just like you said. Yeah, it's, it's just been a wonderful uh, place to come to, to be awesome. totally honest with you. Awesome. Just kind of wrap up here. I, I I really appreciate you giving us some time. What's next? I mean, you're you, you're obviously going to continue doing the work that you're doing. You you have the podcast with your and your your beautiful family out west. <laughs> Strangely enough, you and I were, were are from the same town in Iowa. Yes, that's just crazy <laughs> to me. Uh, you know, two, so two different people. We've both embarked on this educational path at different times in our life, doing different kind of work. Would you mind sharing anything that you're hoping to yeah, super, do or continue to super do? Super funny that we're essentially from the same place. You went east, I went west. <laughs> so in, in terms of what's next, uh, you know, Molly and I host uh, our podcast, Teaching Keating, every week. And that's just a place. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm shocked and appreciative that people listen to it. Um, I would we would continue to do it even if nobody listened to it because it's an awesome place to do exactly what you're talking about, just to sit down and talk about things that matter to us, things that matter relative to parenting and teaching and learning. So that uh, that is ongoing. We put out a new episode every week. What is next? My d- new book is coming out next summer, tentatively titled Breaking Bold. 
12 traits to break from the tyranny of trend and toward the power of relationships. And I'm so interested in, uh, in the technical world in which we live, uh, the need for social emotional learning and kids to have strong relationships, both with their teachers and with each other is needed now more than ever. And so I'm really interested in what are the 12 traits that, uh, the world's most masterful teachers possess in the relationship space and how are we utilizing digital tools to help cultivate those relationships so that we're creating additional bonds between ourselves and children and between children and, and each other, as opposed to siloing kids from themselves and from adults who care about them. So I'm really interested in that. Uh, so that will be coming out uh, in the summer. But other than that, uh, what's next for me is always just working with kids. You know, I'm going to fly home tonight. I'm going to get up tomorrow morning. I'm going to watch film because uh, we have a game this weekend. I still coach high school football. What's next is going to be uh, figuring out what I can do in my own community, in my own kids' school to just make a positive impact, not just as an educator, but as a parent. And that's always kind of first and foremost in my mind. And then just working with my own kids and my own family to make sure that we are getting better every day at things like literacy and numeracy and uh, caring about each other and caring about people. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, just to wrap up, because I'm curious, this is totally un unrelated to education, but I am a <laughs> former music teacher, so I like yes. to ask people this. What was your favorite or what is your favorite band, record, style of music? Like, what did you listen to on the plane ride that, or before you speak? Or, I don't uh, know, what do you come back to musically? I have such an eclectic, uh, awesome question, by the way. I love that it's out of nowhere. Sure. I have such an eclectic taste in music. Um, being from Iowa, like, I listen to country music, but I also lived in Bermuda for six years. Uh -huh. So I will listen to, like, a lot of really great reggae uh, awesome. that I love. Uh, so like I'll listen to Jock here and then I will flip over and I'll listen to Dustin Lynch. And then after that, like you know, my wife and I love going to concerts. And so we'll just as easily go see Kings of Leon. And then in the very next week, we'll go see Snoop Dogg. Here's the thing. I love talent. Yeah. I love talent wherever it lives, whatever genre. Uh, I just love it. And so I just I love music. Um, I have seen a lot. Uh, I've seen you two like three times because my wife loves them so much. I'm ready to be done seeing you two. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I love music. I love talent wherever it lives. That's awesome. And not a bad parallel to pull to kids. You know, there's, there's tons of kids walking the hall. We see the talent on the field. We see the talent on the stage. There's talent everywhere. There's talent in the head and the heads walking around the building in STEM. There's talent around, you know, kids that want to be speakers. There's talent around yeah. Kids that want to be learners and solve problems, and, and as long as we take that love of talent, whether it's in our discipline or not, and apply it to others uh, throughout the building and support them any way we can, I think we're going to be in a in a good way moving forward. I agree. I agree. I got to ask you one more question. Yeah. Music, music question. First, uh, first concert. What was it? Oh my gosh! Yeah. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was hoping it would be embarrassing. My, it's only <laughs> embarrassing. I'll, it's I'll just tell, surprising. I'll, I'll tell you mine. Mine's mine's pretty embarrassing. Okay. Yeah. No. Go. Okay, you go my, ahead okay. first. So. so yeah. Preface this by saying, like, I taught orchestra. I've been, you know. You <laughs> no, know, don't, done, don't preamble. You just no, got to lay it on the table. My first concert was Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, man. And he wore the fat suit. Did like, he really? On stage. It, he did all, this, all the outfits and everything. It was when he, when he came out with, uh, with Fat when he did. Uh, that was his parody of uh, Michael Jackson's Bad, Bad right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Not that's not terrible. No, it's not terrible. It's just funny because so I'm actually a rock guy, like a punk rock guy at, at heart. Um, 
but I will never forget that show. It was the first time that much sound was coming at me and hitting my chest. I'm like, this is so cool with lights and everything. And he did these like fake interviews. It was actually a fantastic show. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, That's better. Mine was Boys to Men. Okay. Uh, I took a girl, which I think is like my only... I don't. I don't know why I have to say that. Like, well, I didn't just go didn't. by myself or like with my parents. Um, yeah, there you go. Motown Philly. Back again. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you for joining us again. This is a new offering for us. We're trying to extend the learning beyond just the day. We're running an after session uh, for them in the months to come, based on on the work you're doing today. And we just want to make sure that everyone in the county feels supported and we continue con- to connect people. So we appreciate you being a part I, of that. I appreciate you guys, and you hit the nail right on the head, just making sure it's not just about today. Because if we show up and we have a great day, then we've done nothing. It's got to be a great day followed by some really great action. So I appreciate you, Brandon. appreciate everyone here. Thanks for the invitation. It's been awesome. No, thank you. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us. This has been the OPL Podcast. Again, we got a lot more coming out. Uh, in the coming months, some terrific speakers coming in that we've alluded to today. And once again, we're, we're here to support you in any way you can. So please feel free to reach out to the office. And uh, once again, thanks to Wes, and we'll see you all soon.